Good evening, good evening, and thank you for joining us. It's a beautiful Tuesday evening, and if it's a Tuesday, you know what that means. It's time for Change Matters Solutions. We do this each and every Tuesday here on the Intentional Talk Radio Network. It's 7 o'clock here in Big D, Dallas. Tejas, it's 8 o'clock on the East Coast, and it is 5 o'clock on the West Coast. If you are in the mountain time zone, hey, you do the math. We've got another great show lined up for you, so stick and stay and don't go away. And remember, tell a neighbor, tell a friend about the Change Matters movement. I am your host, Kenny Hendricks. And I am your host, Colette Williams, right here on the Intentional Talk Radio Network. And as Kenny Hendricks says, stick and stay and don't go away. But we've got a great show planned for you this afternoon. We've got the wonderful Mr. Gary Hines, who's going to be with us this afternoon to talk to us and tell us and tell the entire world about the sounds of blackness. They are Grammy contenders. They are Grammy contenders, as, as well, usual. As well they should be. And they, they should be, absolutely. They should be Grammy contenders. And they are. They are. They have continuously brought us the best sound ever. Oh, my God. When I was a kid, I remember the sounds of blackness. We would all stop and just we could party to some of their stuff and we could just sit and listen to some of their stuff because it's always thought provoking. It's always mellow mood music. You know, back in the it's day of message, back in the day of message music, this is true message music. This is not just somebody out there making music, trying to make money, trying to just do whatever. This is really well thought out message music. And that's why I enjoy it so much. You can tell a lot of thought, a lot of work, uh, they really, really put their minds, bodies, and soul into their music. That's why oh, having Gary Hines on here is one of my all-time favorite interviews. Every time you see her, have a great time. Absolutely. And they have performed all over the world. All over the world. They have performed for presidents, for ambassadors, all kinds of diplomats, heads of state. They, the World Music Awards, embassies, they've got five White House appearances, they are second to none. And it, it is such a privilege for them to be with us at, at any time. And I believe this is probably Gary Hines, maybe his third appearance. I think it's about the, the third network. appearance. And you know what always, yeah. always gets me? There's like 30 people in that group. <laughs> you know? There what? Like 30 people in that group. The band 30. members and the singers and everything. I can't remember what the exact number is, but there's like 30 people. I think he did tell us yeah. that. I yeah. think he did tell us that. That is phenomenal. Yeah. That so is much talent. So much really, talent. Yeah. So much talent. And and not only do they have so much talent, but they have weathered the storm. Yes. They've weathered the storm. They've been a part of the music industry they're legendary. They're never going. To, they're just they're they're like the all the ones that we've had on this network, the ones that we consider part of our family. The Waters, Lenny Williams, uh, People Bryson, Sounds of Blackness, Chris Jasper, Chris Jasper. I just on and on and on. Those these people are the real true legends in music. They are the real legends in music. And soon as he comes back into the room. We're going to get started talking to him about uh, not only are they Grammy contenders, but some of their music is out now. And unfortunately, uh, they've had experiences where people are saying, this is great. This is absolutely wonderful. This is the greatest. Just can't put it in the rotation. Just They're can't put it in one of my anywhere. favorite groups. Are they really? Yes, I've always. That's why I'm on tonight. When I, <laughs> I was able because, to be on, I've been running around. Hi, Julia. Day. Good to see you. What was that? No, I said Julia. I said Julia. Good to see you. Good seeing you all. I had to be on because, like I say, the Sounds of Blackness is one of my favorite groups forever. Yes, <laughs> and, and, and and there's the great Gary Hines right there, Mr. Hines. How are you doing, sir? Oh, 
Thank you. Just another brother. I appreciate the love, but I often say I am J-A-B, just another brother. Hey. Well. <laughs> you are the brother, man. The one. You Very are the talented one. brother. That's right. Oh, That's you're too right. kind. Thank you so much. You know, uh, the Sounds of Blackness are, are rehearsing literally like five feet from me. I'm, I'm, we're, we rehearse at uh, High School for Recording Arts, and it's uh, uh, inner city, urban, black-oriented uh, uh, music and an art school uh, who we partnered with on our royalty song and on, on Sick and Tired last year. Students were part of the record and the, record and the video and all of that. And so now we, we, we're just sharing space with them. And so uh, if I, we get a chance, I'll even just turn my my cam and show you that they're out there in the room. They're starting with choreography. They know I'm in here rehearsing. Uh, I've heard that they're rehearsing and I'm here in here interviewing. Right. Uh, that's so that's, that's, that's what's going on. <laughs> well, Gary, we were just talking about some of your uh, things that you've done and some of your, your history. You're, you're here. You're a living legend. And since legend. 1971, the sounds of blackness, I believe that's when you all hit the hit the the scene in 1971, the sounds of blackness and your endeavors under your direction. You guys have been everywhere. You've performed for prison inmates, orphans, kings, queens, presidents, ambassadors, diplomats, heads of state. My goodness, the Denver Summit of eight World Music Awards at embassies, five White House appearances. There's nothing that you haven't done. There's absolutely nothing that you haven't done. And you guys are from jazz and blues to rock and roll, R&B, gospel, spiritual, hip hop, reggae, soul, everything, everything. And just like Julia said, you guys are one of our favorites. You're one of our favorites. And we really, really appreciate you being here. Well, it's my honor uh, representing the group. And thank you for all those accolades. You know, first and foremost, you know, all glory to God. You know, without him, uh, none of that is possible. You know, there's there's three uh, key components to all the things that you just enumerated, my sister. And, of course, at the top of that pyramid, you know, is God Almighty, you know, from whom all blessings flow. Uh, and then uh, the sounds of blackness over the years, uh, because, again, this is our 50th anniversary, uh, 2021 is. And so mm. many of our current members are actually offspring of some original members. So oh, it's wow. truly sounds of black. It's second generation, uh, you know, right now. And then so so the good Lord, uh, the dedication of sounds of blackness, members, our singers and band. Don't forget our band. Yeah, right. uh, and number three uh, is is you uh, and people like you. I mean, those. Extend, we don't say fans, we say extended family and sounds of blackness, uh, both in media and radio, um, you know, electronic media, print media, all that, that have given us the love, that have shared the music. You know, there's a scripture that says, how will they hear without a preacher? Well, when it comes to music, you know, how will they hear without a DJ, without a station, uh, without interviews? And so those are the big three. And so we, we I just thank God for, for, for you, for you all um, and Intentional Talk Radio. Uh, this is what it's all about. Sounds of Blackness began, uh, and, and this is new for some people, um, uh, because I understand this is the 30th anniversary of, of Optimistic. Oh, is it? And, right. And that's and I say that to say that's the frame of reference for many people, understandably, of Sounds of Blackness, you know, uplifting, inspirational music. And that is at the core of what we do. But from our genesis, uh, protest music has always been uh, in the fore. We've always been in the vanguard of the movement, uh, even as college students at McAllister College, where we began, like I say, in 1971, as you said. Uh, and, and so this, as we now, uh, it, things come full circle and our focus uh, in recent years with George Floyd being lynched and murdered five blocks from where we rehearse here, mm. uh, you know, in South Minneapolis, five blocks, y'all. Um, and so, you know, we, we were connected to that in just too many ways. Um, so that's where sick and tired the words of Fannie Lou Hamer came from last year. And now with the uh, Congressional Black Caucus uh, calling for H.R. 40 and, and uh, reparations and uh, reparations being the theme this year for for many uh, Juneteenth celebrations. It's like, and it's, of course, the movement precedes even 1865 for reparations. But every aspect of the movement has always had a, uh, an anthem. Uh, we shall overcome for the civil rights movement right. and say it loud and black and I'm proud for the black power movement. And so now we had to put time for reparations uh, in the vanguard of the movement for reparations. And Great. Minneapolis is, is, is sort of becoming the epicenter of this new <laughs> black a movement. Number of things, yeah. You know, I mean, yes. growing up, I would have never thought, you know, black folks in, in Minnesota, it was not 
in my realm of thought. But you got Prince from Minneapolis. Right. You know, you get all these great, great, great musicians, great people, great activists coming out of Minneapolis. Tell us about growing up in Minneapolis and being a part of, of, of this new epicenter of the black movement. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad you asked that question. So that explained my chuckle, because, you know, even with a name like Sounds of Blackness, people that don't otherwise know presume that we're from, you know, New York, from Harlem, right. from, from yeah. L.A., right. from Chicago, you know, Detroit, Sounds of Blackness, Minnesota. What? <laughs> yeah. So, hey, Minnesota. So let me explain that, and, uh, to that as well. So um, I'm a proud native, actually born and raised in Yonkers, New York. So shout out to the East Coast. Uh and, uh, you know, our family moved to uh, the Heinz family, moved to uh, Minneapolis from Yonkers uh, in the uh, early to mid 60s. Uh, my mom, the late great Doris Heinz, was, was an internationally renowned jazz singer in her mm. own right. Mm. Uh, and and the, the, the relationship to that in terms of the whole Minnesota music thing. See, it, and I know it seems like I'm going around, but I'm, I'm bringing it home, as That's the preachers okay. say. Uh, <laughs> A lot of people don't know that Minneapolis St. Paul was a jazz mecca. I mean, Duke Ellington, Basie, Sarah, Ella wow. were here all the time. And that's what brought my mom here. She was uh, booked for two weeks and got held over for a year, you know, and, and booked, you know, sold out nightly and all like a concert halls, clubs. And, and she fell in love with the Twin Cities and, and moved us here from Yonkers. And it was like moving to another planet at the time, yeah. you know, uh, and, and, uh, but that's how we got here. And that's why, and, and what we found, was that even with this very small uh, um, African-American population, especially from what we're used to coming from New York, um, it was very vibrant, very active, uh, very uh, Afrocentric, and and tons of talent, uh, jazz, blues, gospel, R&B. There were R&B groups here that would have rivaled any Motown group. Um, and so we thought it's like, man, Minnesota got it going. So Prince, Jimmy Jam, and, 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 and Terry Lewis evolved, emerged from something they didn't just happen in a vacuum and the same is true of sounds of blackness wow well it seems as though your message of hope unity love and peace for all mankind do you think your message has gotten out and gotten across i think that quite a few of us are trying to get that message out is that message we know that it's viable but is it really hitting the masses and is it doing what we know it should do? Well, part one of your question, uh, is it is it viable? Yes. Is it hitting the masses like it should? Categorically, sadly, no, not at all. And uh, you know, earlier uh, off air, you and I, you touched on that discussion on the phone. Um, black radio used to be in the vanguard of the movement. And mm-hmm. sadly, you, you caught the yeah, phrase absolutely. used to be. Um, right. Radio. I mean, even going back to Yonkers, New York. I mean, that's you know, as as a, as a kid there, and then again, the same was here in Minneapolis when we had a uh, originally had a black station that was only on for twelve hours a day. But that station, it was called KUXL. That was uh, the epicenter of. They, that's we learned where the rally was going to be. You know, where the black patrol was going to be. What was going on in the community? That they they were in the vanguard of the movement, kind of thing. Uh, sadly, that is not the case uh, anymore. Much of what we know. Uh, uh, as or what we refer to as black radio is now uh, white corporate owned and and has uh, have their hands tied. Um, I've had program directors tell me, uh, uh, call me uh, and, and 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 email and say, you know, we we love this record, but you know, we we can't play it because they're afraid of, of sponsors of being offended. Uh, so they they told us that with sick and tired as well, uh, and and now with time for reparation. So so in terms of uh, hats off to the hand full of black stations um, that, that have uh, had the courage to play time for reparations. Um, and so they, they are, they're few and far between, but they do exist. Uh, but in the main with the kind of airplay, of course, that, that optimistic God, and when everybody's, you know, our happy songs, uh, not even comparable. And so, you know, it's a yeah. shame. So they can put records on that use the N word, every other word, call women out their name. Yeah talk about all these things, throwing money around like, you know, fake money around and all this stuff, all this degrading music. They can put that on. But when you have something that is uplifting, just because it says something about reparations or being black, something positive, they won't put that on. So that tells us where we are in this society and that and, and we need to figure out what we need to do about that. That is, that is really a sad statement on the state of, 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 of where this country is today. Right. And it, 
Go ahead, Gary. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. You ladies first, please. What what I really wanted to say, and I have said this to you, I really and truly believe that if we don't take a position that we're not going to stand for it, there's a show on the boob tube called Queens and Queens to me, and and I, I can't speak for anyone other than myself, Queen, Queen or Queens is a disgusting portrayal of black women who are artists because first of all they wear these horrible god sorry these horrible chains around their necks called and it says nasty bi it was a crime to be called a nasty bi those are fighting words but right these, these four girls and i'm calling them girls these four girls wear this stuff proudly and the things that they say in their music, they talk about their lives. Brandy talks about her life. Eve talks about hers. The other two talk about theirs. And they talk about from whence they came. Uh, uh, Eve was a disgraced talk show host. Brandy was a whatever. She lost her career. And now they're back and and you want to sleep with me and, and blah, blah, whatever. But the fact that they, they put words to nasty B.I., that just blows my mind and people buy that mess mm-hmm. yes they buy that mess like there's something to it and you know what I, I i it was on and i called someone i said and you know in contrast to that i turned to lifetime and lifetime has the the soccer moms the white women drinking tea and hot chocolate and and right. cider and and they're talking about love and the family and hope and unity and, and peace for all mankind. And black girls are out here calling each other nasty BIs and right. they, and they like it. And we're supposed to be okay with that. Well, I'm not okay. with it. Mm-hmm. I am not okay with it. You call me a nasty BI. I'm going to show you a nasty BI. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just you. saying. Okay. Yeah. That's not cute. That's not, no, it's not. At all a compliment. No, that's not a compliment. I don't want my granddaughter. I don't want anybody 10, 12, five years old to think that that is okay. It is not okay. Nope. And, and from where we have come with the sounds of blackness, with the waters, with Lenny Williams, with all of you. And then we, we, we go to this crap because it, it is really, it's degradation. It's destruction. And, and this is what they yeah. allow to happen. And this is what they push. I want to ask Gary, how did we get here? How did we how did we get to the point where this is what our music about is? If you're looking for smooth, silky smooth music, you know, R&B, you know, a lot of times you have to look for white artists like Sam Smith, uh, Ed Sheeran and some of the the others. We don't see a lot of black artists doing the types of R&B that we grew up with. How did we get here? Great question, my brother. Uh, you know, first of all, this is clearly uh, a vestige of slavery. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it is. From what was it was inculcated by the slave owner, uh, plantation mentality, as I call it. Okay, uh, even plantation theology, where where self denigration uh, was part of um, part of the, uh, <laughs> the the methods, the methodology uh, for intimidation and for control. Um, and, you know, we know about the Willie Lynch uh, manifesto and all of it. So it, it's right. It, go, it has a history. It didn't, it didn't start yesterday. Uh, so that's one factor, uh, a vestige of slavery, uh, just in terms of the whole mindset uh, to, to self-denigrate. No other, per, no other people and culture does that. Right. Uh, we, we, we were oriented and, and, and taught to do that. But now it's on us. We can't, now that we know that, we can't just say, well, that's how we were orientated. Uh, well, now it's upon us to reorient ourselves away from that. Um, and, and there are those of us, you know, who try to do that. But how it, so that's one, how we got here, going back to the plantation. Number two, even beyond that, with the loss and, and, and we, uh, my favorite artist of all time, James Brown, the godfather of soul, uh, warned us back in the 60s, said, we've got to own our own city. That's why he bought 
uh, you know, in his heyday at the time, late 60s, early 70s, uh, three or four or five radio stations to, to own and control our airwaves and our content, uh, not only just from from the music artistic sense, but but from the cultural identity uh, and political reality and social consciousness sense uh, of our music, uh, because he knew that that's where that was at. And he, he saw that coming back in the late 60s, early 70s, where if we didn't weren't uh, intentional about it, um, that we would lose that control, which is where we are today. We, we forfeited that um, where where what was black radio really is no longer black radio. Um, they'll put the label, label urban on it. And, and maybe right. that's you know even more accurate because it sure ain't black. It ain't black. Um, yeah. Right, right. And 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 but now um, we go ahead and as sister just said a moment ago, uh, too many of us actually support that. And so what we hear is what we'll buy. I mean, you know, at, uh, right, right. Um, marketing 01 will show, you know, proves that a million times. Doesn't have to be good. Doesn't have to be great. You just hear it over and over and over again. And that's all you hear. And that's mm-hmm. what you'll buy. Right. So you're so right when you talk about us taking charge of our music and, and, and turning that completely around. Right. So did it change in the 80s? Did it change in the 90s? When did it change? And how is it we allowed it to change that movie straight out of Compton. I never watched it. Mm-hmm. I, I never saw it and I don't intend to, but it began when I don't even remember where, when it began because it has come to a point where it, I, I don't even know what to call it. It has gotten so bad. If I'm driving down the street and I've got my windows down and I hear that mess, I put my windows up. I look at whoever that is and I put my windows up. I don't want to hear that. It takes so much away. Right. Black music uh, and, and put a white face on it. That's the other uh, the other uh, portion of the slave mentality. Basically, uh, a black face without black face uh, imitation of black music. So taking away ownership and taking away uh, the, the focus uh, of consciousness, the stream of consciousness and African thought and, and liberation that has always been uh, at the at the core of black music. Uh, even uh, people think that, that, that that's just uh, a peripheral thing. It's never, no, it's always been at the core. Um, and you can see it in all of our different genres of music, uh, whether whether it's uh, jazz and, and uh, Billie right. Holiday. Yes. Uh, and a quick example to, to show you what I mean in terms of where it started and, 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 and uh, the mindset. Uh, too many people incorrectly think that her theme song was God Bless the Child. Now, I love God Bless the Child. Sure. Mm-hmm. But rest her soul, she would told, would have told us adamantly if she were here today, her theme song was Strange, strange Fruit. Strange Fruit, yep. Southern mm-hmm. trees bear strange fruit, blood at the leaves, blood at the root, black bodies swaying in the southern breeze, or oh, there's strange fruit hanging poplar trees so in fact let me show you how, how deep this went this consciousness and and just again trying to trying to get to the root of of, of what i hear your question being billy holiday had it in her written in her contract that she had to close the show with strange fruit that if it was a club dinner theater whatever everything had to be still uh there would be no serving there would be no movement by wait staff or anything. There would be a single solo spot. I mean, literally had this in writing. That's how important it was to her. It's like, oh, you're going to hear Strange Fruit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they didn't want to hear it. And, you know, later, you know, the FBI, you know, and, and the uh, ATF were involved really in her demise when they denied right. treatment at the hospital. People think she committed suicide. No, that's not what happened. But but that's how adamant she was. Um, and Paul Robeson had said that, Every true artist has a responsibility to their people. Billie Holiday took that serious. She, she wasn't uh, alone by herself. It, always that music. You can look at, you can see it in Marian Anderson, even seeing, singing the music of the European masters. And that's great, great music, but always insisted on the spirituals and work songs being a part of. So she was going to sing about the movement. So that, that frame of mind has always been there. So uh, the, the, the movement to try to control that and not have that heard is, is with, in terms of answering your question, goes all the way back that far. There's always been a, a railing against consciousness of music from our people. Yeah. Right. You know, but yes. back then, you, you, all, all entertainers were activists. You could not help but be an activist. Thank you. You had right. no yes. choice. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, today yes. people have a choice. And some choose to be, many choose to be, some choose not to be. I should have said the, the other way around. Many choose not to be, but some choose to be. Not to but be. They, they, they they, they, you could be. not. Harry Belafonte, Sidney Poitier, the people that you talked yes. about, Sam Cooke. Yes. If you've watched, if you've watched the movie about uh, Night in Miami with Sam Cooke and um, I think it was Martin and Malcolm, it's, it's a fictional sort of thing. But they talked about the fact that Sam Cooke was trying to start his own record companies, his own labels and things like That's that. Right. So whether they were doing it outwardly Mar yeah. or quietly, they were activists because you could yeah. not help it. What they've done with music today is they've thrown money at it to a few people. They've thrown a bunch of money to make everybody think, I can make this money, too. I can make this money, too. And you have all these young black men oh, and, and young black women thinking, OK, I can be a rapper. I can be a rapper because it looks like easy money. And it turns out that. Most of them don't make it. Again, it's, it's for that chosen few, and they put those images out there, and they continue to to barrage us with those those images, and we buy yeah. into it, and we buy into it. And I always get the pushback. People saying, "Well, white kids buy eighty percent of of uh, rap and hip hop music," but guess what? At the end of the day, when they go home, guess what? It's leave it to freaking Beaver. Okay, they're not playing that music loud in the house. They are not trying to be thugs. They are not, not doing that. running around no. with their pants hanging down around their knees and things like that. They're going to school. They're going to college. They're getting their educations. They're getting good jobs. They're becoming uh, 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 members of society and contributing to society where our kids are buying into it. Not 100 percent. Don't get me wrong. It's not 100 percent, but a lot are buying into it. And one of the stats that I continue to bring up on our, our programs is the fact that there's been like 40 to 50 Rap and hip hoppers killed since about 1987, all shot, all shot and killed. And you don't see that in country music. You don't see that in traditional R&B. You don't see it in jazz and all these beefs. And I believe these beefs between these rappers and hip hop musicians, I believe they're all manufactured. I believe they're all manufactured just to put that out there. And the next thing you know, you've got young black men and women killing each other in the streets. And it's got to stop. And it's got to stop. It really has to stop. But the other thing is that when you talk about, when people talk about uh, appropriating our music, taking our music, I have yet to see Kelly Clarkson get on the Kelly Clarkson show and call herself a nasty B.I. I've yet right. to see that, okay? I have yet to see Carrie Underwood get on and call herself a nasty B.I. I've yet to see them do that. I've yet to see Kelly Clarkson Carrie Underwood, Faith Ev Faith Evans, is it Faith? No, Adele, right? Adele, okay. Adele has just been on shows now. She's not bending down, bending over. She's not calling herself a nasty bi, and neither are the male singers around her. You will not see the CMT or the CMAs. You will not see them with two girls on a bed bouncing off of each other. That's not going to happen. Right. That simply is not going to happen but it's something that our culture the young people have to do what why why do they have to do that is that the only way is that the only way for them to get to they they believe it point is where they could they believe it is and, and frankly you know when people talk about appropriating our culture a i don't care i really don't care because guess what we have bigger fish to fry than worried about the fact that Kim Kardashian is wearing cornrows. If that's your big, if that's if that's what you get up and worry about and tweet and Instagram and all this stuff about, you have way too much time on your hands, and you are not thinking about the right things. So we've got to get people to start thinking about the right things. And somehow, you know, music, the music of the '60s and '70s got us through the civil rights movement, got us through the Black Power movement. That music helped us through those times. What's going on? Uh, you know, uh, Marvin Gaye, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, uh, Teddy Pendergrass, uh, what was it? Uh, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, Wake Up Everybody. That music got us yes. through those hard times. This yes. music is doing yes. the exact opposite. This music is pushing us down. It is pushing us in a place that I don't think we've ever been. You know, it's pushing a place where we're fighting each other. We're at each other's throats. We hate each other. You're wearing blue. This guy's wearing blue. This guy's wearing red. You know, they're shooting each other. You look at what's going on in Chicago. You know, every weekend, 25, 30, 40, 50 people being shot. 
you know, people not being able to protect themselves and not to get too far off on this, this. But if you look at all the areas that these things are happening, you know, where the, all this crime is, it's in areas where the, the local people, the local black people are being controlled. They cannot even protect themselves. Strict gun, Chicago, strict gun laws, L.A., strict gun laws, New York, strict gun laws. These people can't even protect their, themselves. They can't even protect themselves from their own people. Right. You know, and so right. it becomes a vicious cycle. It becomes a vicious cycle, you know, and we at this point don't know how to get out of it. Right. And, and Gary, how do you continue to create the sound that you create, knowing that the message is, is hard pressed to get out? How do you continue to do that? You are the director, the producer. How do you continue to to direct and produce music that is uplifting because all of your songs, everything that you you've ever done that I've ever heard, it's, it's a message of hope and unity and love. And I talk about mankind all the time. That's all I talk about because in the past two years, mankind has been forgotten about humanity has been totally washed away, not because of what we have not done, but it's simply because of what we have not done. People have decided not to humble themselves. So Mm. how do you continue to produce that kind of music that you produce, knowing that we're in a state of flux, as my mother used to say? Right. Well, to answer that, uh, my sister, first and foremost, only by the grace of God, you know, um, and I love what the the uh, great country writer Chet Atkins uh, once, he was a great artist, but he was also a great songwriter. And he was often asked uh, how he came up with such great songs. And I love his answer. He said, uh, all music is given. Uh, and, and I su- subscribe to that, you know, then our, our job becomes to give what we've been given and, and sounds of blackness, the, the, on the, on the uh, natural side of it, uh, my sister and brother uh, and, and, and myself, you know, we, we live and work in the hood. This is our community, like I say, five blocks from where Brother Floyd was killed. So we keep uh, our, our boots on the ground, our streets, mm-hmm. our ear to the street, um, and the pulse and heartbeat of the community. It's about an orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of, uh, Gamble and Huff had a great song called Message in Our Music. Yes. And uh, they had one of the most favorite, uh, my most favorite uh, lyrics of all time. It said, understand while you dance. So they were, you know, don't stop the party, don't stop living, but have that consciousness. And so that's how we do that. You know, first and foremost, with God's blessing and anointing, uh, and then with the orientation and the guidance of the ancestors. I, I feed off of ancestor energy. Um, nothing we do as a people uh, makes sense without Africa. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the way we walk, talk, dance, sing, play, worship. Uh, everything, you know, it, it, if without Africa, it makes so Africa is always at the epicenter uh, of what we do and what I what I try to create. And so uh, we, we keep that that consciousness. Uh, and like I say, uh, open to the energy, uh, the ancestor energy that still flows through us. And that's so important because, you know what, just as you're saying that you keep Africa at the epicenter, Africa is the beginning and Africa is the end. Africa yes. is the motherland. So yeah. that really kind of says it right there. Because what is being so-called appropriated now never mentions <laughs> Africa. It never mentions right. Africa. It never mentions, mentions anything that has to do with spirituality. It just those words of, of degradation. They don't mm-hmm. ever talk about it. They never talk about right. coming from the motherland. They don't talk about it. Here we are. How about a little hold on? Change is coming. Yeah. Yes. Hold on. Yes. There's a there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Hold on. Changes. Do whatever you want to do. 
So Gary, how did you pull all of those pieces together? Well, um, our origin, our history begins at my alma mater, McAllister College, uh, here in, in St. Paul in the Twin Cities. Uh, and in 1969, uh, this predominantly white institution of higher learning uh, with about 2,000 students uh, embarked on a very ambitious program to recruit students of color called EEO, which stands for Expanded right. Opportunities. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother uh, and and, uh, and our emeritus founder, uh, Brother N- Russell Knighton, began a, a choir called the McAllister College Black Voices. And that was in 1969. Uh, and se- fast forward to 71, uh, my sophomore year, uh, and Russell uh, b- brought me on as director as he was uh, preparing to graduate, you know, uh, soon thereafter. And the vision that God gave me was to continue the tradition of Duke Ellington. Now, I, I say that and that surprises a lot of people when I do, uh, because we hear Duke's name and we think of jazz as we should. But but not enough people know that Duke wrote, recorded and performed spirituals, gospel, anthem, blues, uh, world beat music, every sound of Blackness. So Duke embodied the music of the culture. And so we can't take credit as Sounds of Blackness for, for uh, being the originators of that template. Uh, you know, we, we follow the, the, the musical mentorship uh, of the late, great Duke Ellington, who, to my mind, is the greatest composer of all time. Mm. Uh, and and uh, that's the meaning and origin of the name Sounds of Blackness. Every sound of the Black experience jazz blues gospel hip-hop reggae rock we remind people all the time yes rock and roll is black music a uh, blues country yes, all of is. that yes, uh, is. is from our people and every sound of blackness and so we as a group uh want to consider ourselves as, as cultural ambassadors uh for our experience and 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 through the music uh and we we take that that background with like you say the the african uh, motherland roots and always uh flavor it with, with lyrics uh, of, of, of hope uh, and of struggle uh, and of inspiration. Well, it, it is quite inspiring, quite inspiring. Oh, and as I say, as I say, we don't get this anymore. I don't listen to the radio. I only listen to what, what I can get. You, I listen to Luther. I pull up the waters. I pull up mm. Benny Williams. I pull up Marvin Gaye. My radio in my car has not been on, and I want to say maybe three years. Wow. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. So, Gary, do you do most of the writing? Do you do most most of the writing? Who does the writing? I know you do the producing. Um, Most of, but not all of. We are blessed with Sounds of Blackness uh, with a number of of extremely talented uh, writers, producers, producers. and I'll give you a few names. Um, our assistant director, a native of Gary, Indiana, brother Billy Steele, uh, master musician. And uh, in fact, he is the the writer of Hold On, Changes Coming. Uh, he oh. and Levi uh, of uh, the Bay Area, uh, who plays guitar for us and played for Prince as well. Uh, so we got Billy Steele. We've got Carrie Harrington, uh, who's also our choreographer. In fact, if I had a chance, I'd show you. She's like about 10 feet from me uh, doing some choreography rehearsal now until I go back in the room with them. But Carrie is a great writer uh, as well as a uh, choreographer and, of course, one of our featured soloists. And speaking of featured soloists, uh, Jamisia Bennett, the, author, the, the daughter excuse me, of, of uh, the great Ann Nesby, is also an amazing songwriter. We have a new song coming out with her right uh, just next month. Uh, called To the Sky, um, that she's actually releasing um, in Europe. And uh, then we're going to, you know, do a simultaneous release, or simultaneous release uh, here in the States. Uh, so she's a great writer. So we, we're blessed with a number of uh, great writers uh, and producers uh, right within the sounds. It's not, it's not all me by any extent. So have they been with you from the very beginning? Oh, no, no, no. Like I say, like Jamisia is Anne's daughter. So oh. Anne's one of our earlier members so so this is many of them uh the current group uh god i wish i could show them to you they're right out there it's so funny uh, that i can see i wish you could too yeah they're they're they are really it's accurate to say they are sounds of blackness uh next or second generation uh we've got at least six or seven members who are 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 offspring of original or former members that is that uh, is outstanding yeah yeah, that's incredible um, yeah, it, it really, it's just a blessing, it is. It really is. That's incredible. That does not happen. 
And it's interesting because the, the as Ken said, we constantly pull up this long laundry list, 50 to 40 to 50 names on it of guys who have lost their lives to gunfire because yeah. of rap, because of rap. They will never be able to say that their offspring followed in their footsteps. Their well, offspring could follow in their footsteps. Yes. Okay. But that's not a good thing. That's mm-hmm. not a good thing. So it is really, really incredible that you've got generations in your group who are yes. the sounds of blackness. You've got at least two. <laughs> you've got at least two generations. There yeah. aren't very many people that can say that. I, I don't know. In, I don't know any other band that can say it. Well, maybe uh, Mercer Ellington played for uh, Duke's son. Um, very, very few and far between. But the other thing Very is that few. we were talking about yeah. when you had stepped away when we first started. I remember you had said you had somewhere around 30 people in, in, in the band, the group. And I was like, yeah, that was gonna be I just did a quick. You got 30 I just did a quick. I was just going to say, yes, I just we, did a quick we, thing. And it said on uh, uh, the Internet it here it says 40 members, 30 vocalists and a 10 piece orchestra. Is that right? Because I know these things. Okay, yeah, yeah. 40 back in the day. Right now, our, our current total membership is 30. We have uh, a grand total of 20 singers in our full group really? and uh, and a 10-piece band, 10-piece orchestra, really. So, and But what most of the world sees most of the time is uh, less than half that our, our touring group uh, of 17 with, with nine singers and eight musicians is what most of the world sees most of the time. But for our local performances and some of our national and even some of our international performances, we occasionally are blessed to bring the entire ensemble. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, the Dirty 30. And, and that, is no, that is no small feat to get 30 to 40 no people together feat. and no, it's not. 30 to 40 <laughs> artists. <laughs> yeah. I happen to be a musician, too. Yeah, and I, I know what it's off, like. Uh, brother, uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, um, I always have to give them uh, their props. Uh, as well as Prince, who encouraged and supported us uh, just um, to the nines. Uh, but Jam and Lewis um, uh, not only took us on the road, the Luther Vandross tour, you know, and this is the, the 30th anniversary of that tour. Uh, that was in 1991. Um, and it's the 30th anniversary of Optimistic, as I said earlier. Um, but uh, when Optimistic first came out in spring of 91, uh, they they took the entire group, not just our touring group, uh, over to London. Oh, wow. It exploded Right, it exploded in the UK. Uh, the record, good explosion. Okay, right, um, right. The record did, and 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 you know there were was enough funds to warrant doing that, and and we toured the UK with. Oh my God, we must have had. I'm sure we had 25 people. It was amazing. Um, wow, wow. And yeah, and that, so so hats off to Jam and Lewis. Um, and uh, you know, I I would also be remiss, like I say, hats off to Prince. Um, God bless him. Um, he. The, the 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 media often downplayed how Afrocentric he really was. Yeah, absolutely. Now, yeah, now Prince yeah. loved love. I mean, I knew him well. I mean, like, I mean, that's my brother. Like for forty plus years, he loved all people, but he had an unapologetic special love for black folks, and would tell you that in a heartbeat. Uh, that's why he wrote the song Baltimore when our brother was killed there, and went there and had the rally out in the street and all the guys. That's and he would had he been around, I'm sure he would have done the same for George Floyd George and for. And Ahmaud Arbery, and the list goes on and on. But yeah. um, so that's you know that's consciousness um, is is really been at the center of Sounds of Blackness, and and the artists that we've been blessed to, to associate with. And uh, I, I mentioned the new song coming out to the sky. We also just last week released uh, a new EP uh, album called The Justice Project, and it's a compilation of Time for Reparations, our current single, uh, and Royalty Black Lives Matter sick and tired uh and the song the spiritual hold on just a little while longer so uh that's available now but all of that consciousness music uh, just has to be to the fore right now because um you know uh the way langston hughes my favorite poem you've taken my blues and you've gone uh at the end of it he says but one day somebody's gonna stand up about me and sing about me and and put on plays about right. me make right. music about me. and then he ends it with it'll be me i reckon yep it'll be me so yeah, I, it'll I, be me. Yes. Yep. So I, I always took that that Langston was speaking to me when he said that. I've even both told people I want that on my grave marker. It'll be me. <laughs> Ho- know, hopefully not um, too soon. So we're serious about that. Uh, Very good. Uh, you talked about Prince and, and, and the other folks. Did you ever get a chance to work with uh, Morris Day? Oh, oh, 
oh yeah, that's my that's my boy. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, Morris Day. <laughs> Morris Day. If, if I can just elaborate on that quickly, just, sure. just so that the Minneapolis sound sure. makes sure. more. Um, first of all, and I'll come right back to Morris or to Mo as we call him. Um, you may not know the name Cynthia Johnson, but if I say Funky Town, you immediately know who that is. Okay, she's a former Sounds of Blackness ne- member. I know you do know the name of Alexander O'Neill. When he moved to Minneapolis from from Natchez, Mississippi, the first group he joined was Sounds of Blackness. He was with us for a year before he went on to the Flight Time Band. So that now that brings us around tomorrow's day uh, to to Grand Central and Flight Time. One of the, the you know the band battle of the bands that you saw in the Purple Rain movie. That stuff really happened. I mean, Prince based that on something. But when those uh, uh, um, gigs would happen, uh, many times they were like at the end of an event, like the annual Miss Black Minnesota pageant or the annual Urban League dinner. And frequently, sounds of blackness would, would be the opening for that kind of thing and we do lift every voice and a couple of songs and then they would have the dinner and the gala and all that kind of thing and then the the prince and the band they would close out the evening so we spent a lot of time for years and years backstage you know with each other and got to know each other uh, uh re- recorded rehearsed performed together kind of thing at, at all different type, types of events so mars day uh <laughs> he the the one and only uh, uh he's he's just amazing and and a great brother. We saw him. Uh, well, we performed most recently with him just last year at last year's Soul Train Award mm. Awards. Yeah. Wow, last year. Yeah. They, in fact, they did a, a Minneapolis Sound tribute. Oh, yeah. okay. Yes. So, so they brought in Darrell and Morris and Jellybean. Oh Jam and Lewis were there. You know, um, Alex and Sherelle uh, all were there. Yeah, and and Sounds of Blackness. And the Sounds of Blackness. So yes. you were at the the uh, Soul Train Award. Yes. Okay, okay. And I don't often, I don't usually watch that. I would have said something, but I, I don't usually watch <laughs> That's that. That's okay. I don't usually watch them. Only because it's hard to get you all when they're pushing all of that other stuff on us. And we yeah. just don't want to, I don't want to do it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to do it. You can't. And, and we were just talking. What was that? No, I was just going to say, go ahead. I was just going to say, you can't listen to all that negativity and not have it affect you. Yeah, go it, ahead. You can't right. listen to that. It, it, it's so consuming and it makes you really want to fight after it's over. It makes you really want to fight. That's why they yeah. fight. Right. It, 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 there is no conscience to, to what that music, or it's not music, to what that yelling does because it's simply yelling and put a, putting a beat to yelling and talking about the things that are the most degrading. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a beat. And one of the things that we had when we were kids, 1971, when you all were out there making music and you were everywhere. And mm-hmm. I don't remember the year, the exact year that Marvin Gaye came out with what's going on, but it was around the same time. Yeah, this is 1971. Yes. Of that. Well, yes. Yeah. So, that is timeless. Your music is timeless. Thank Your music you. is timeless. And what's going on? That is timeless. That is timeless. It will never go away. It will never go away. Legends in your time. How do we bring our kids back to understanding what real music is? And we talk about music appreciation. Paul Jackson, Jackson Jr. comes on. Mm. And he t- music at usc yes and uh he told me that he really wanted to be on when we were going to have the it's time to tell the truth but apparently he Uh-oh. couldn't get away from he couldn't get away from the class yeah and as a matter of fact i think he's in class right now as we speak he and patrice russian oh please give them both my best please absolutely. Good dear friends yes. yes absolutely so they're both at usc and i want to say his class is a music appreci- appreciation appreciation of of not the stuff that we hear now it can't right. who can appreciate that junk well the operative That's, word was music appreciation yeah, music <laughs> yes yes and you know what and i tell people about just, all the all these rappers you can tell if you look at any of these prison programs you know guys in prison they go in to talk to them half of them were talking about i'm gonna be a rapper when i get out of here <laughs> You know, and, and and I don't mean to denigrate the brothers trying to get their lives together and things like that, 
But it, but nobody's saying I want to become a trumpet player. I want to become a keyboard player, singer. I want to become a rap because it because it appears to be the easiest way out, you know. And 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 so right. many of these young people want to take that easy way out, and they see rap as that way out. You don't have to learn an instrument. You don't have to learn music, music theory. You don't have to learn how to solo. All you have to do is have some skills to say some words. And some of them are not even that. It, it, some of this mumble rap and things like that, it, it, it's, 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 it's a stretch to call it music. And I know uh, a lot of the people our age that we've had on the program um, are, are very um, hesitant to be critical because I know a lot of people work with a lot of the young artists, and I, I, and I completely get that. But from where we sit, we don't have to be nice. <laughs> you know, we can we can say that we don't like it, not just because we say think it's bad music, but what it's doing to our community. And and I really think that's the real issue. If it were just out there and we weren't having the problems that we have, I might not like it, but I would not feel about it the way I feel about it now. I feel that the music today, again, is doing the opposite of what it did between in the '60s and '70s. Rather than uplifting us, it is literally bringing us down Terry on a daily basis further yeah. and further down and we've got to figure a way out of that right and and on balance thank god you know there are um hip-hop artists uh of consciousness i mean mm-hmm. our brother common i mean and even going back to to its origins you know we talk about uh Gil scott heron and yes. the last poets and and then more contemporary uh uh, uh innovations of uh, uh diggable planets i mean uh it, i mean so so there definitely definitely are right uh, so just uh, but again uh Few, few and far between, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Few and, and far between. Yeah, and yes. I, and I wish that were if it were the other way around, if the balance were the other way, where we had more conscious, and then just a few, that was negative again. It would be a completely different story. But you know, right. with eighty percent of black babies being born out of wedlock, you know, unemployment, uh, the the crime, uh, all the things that we talk about, all those things, in my estimation, is being contributed to. With this negative music, again, you cannot listen to that stuff hours upon hours a day and not be affected by it. We're telling each right. other that we hate each other. You know, our and young men are ready to go out and kill each other for nothing. When somebody like a Kyle Rittenhouse or or who's the, who's the guy in Carolina that went to the church, uh, the uh, young white kid that went to church, nobody's after him. Nobody's going out right. to try to kill right. him. And I'm not... Saying anybody should go out and kill anybody, but no, nobody be black is after him. But they're black; they're after each other, and so we've got to figure again. Again, I keep saying we have to figure out a way to stop this. It, it's it's decimating our communities, and it really has. It re- go ahead, Gary. Go ahead, Gary. I was going to say, you know, um, we we have the way, you know, um, and and. The, the ways because it's more than just one way but more than just one way right it, it starts with the mindset with the mindset um and that mindset is first of all uh understanding who we are uh, yeah. acknowledging who we are whose we are from whence we've come even uh dealing with our young folk is is that is at the core and, and so key with that uh and sounds of blackness we don't just a talk to walk, we walk the talk. And so we're here at HSRA. We're, we're in the schools, we're in the community centers, uh, the stuff you may, that you may not hear about. Um, and we tell people, and, and this is my answer, at, at least uh, initially, uh, my brother, you know, to, to your question in terms of how we do that or what do we do and my sister. I, I say, and it may sound high-minded, it may sound unrealistic, it may sound uh, too academic, but I don't think it's any of the above. The first thing... Uh, or one of the first things uh, is that we have to do is to be and become students of history mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. can't know where we are unless we know where we've been. We can't know where we're going unless we know where we are. I mean, Carter G. Winston tried to tell us that. I mean, just going back when he established what was at the time Negro History Week, it yes. actually started. Yes. Got, uh, knowing who we are, understand how do we not know that, that, that the richest king of all time, Mansa Musa of Mali, uh, Estimated wealth at four hundred billion dollars. Uh, make Bill Gates look like he's on welfare. Yes, okay. Yes. How, how do we not know that? Well, we don't know that because we're not taught that. We even with our, we have our programs here, some schools, some churches for Black History Month, and we start uh, with the transatlantic slave trade. We don't talk about uh, 
the, the glorious African kingdoms that rule the earth for eons. How do we not know that? So until we have that, I don't, I don't care how well-intentioned a program, uh, an academic uh, uh, endeavor is, uh, a corporate program, a human relations, whatever. If you don't know the history of a people and if we don't know our own, it's impossible to see them as equals. If we don't know their contributions to our lives and to world history and to world culture. And so it's got to start there knowing where we are and at the root because we don't it will be just continue to repeat this cycle over and over again and that's exactly and, and that's up to us that's that's up to us nobody that is up to us that's why we're in the position that we're in now that's yeah. why there's so many folks fighting against critical race theory that's why yeah. the folks that's why the folks who who want to teach it are not sure where to begin because if, you, if you give them their history you're going to know where they are and where they they're going and what they're trying to do. And yeah. somebody has to take responsibility for it. But there should never be a fight about what should be taught in a school, especially when it's talking about the history of a people. Yes. So critical race theory should absolutely be in schools. It should be in schools starting absolutely. in elementary schools. In elementary That's right. schools. And there Priest. should never, okay, there should never be a problem with this. Right. The, the books should be there. They should say, open the doors. Why do you take something like that to court where principals are losing their jobs? They're being put on the line because they they want to teach critical race theory. Right. Really, really. And and that critical race theory, what, what I understand is it's not only black history. Right. It's history for the entire planet. Yes, it is. Okay. So... Critical race theory. We didn't say black history, which we should be saying, and we should be calling it African history. Thank you. Critical race theory, and there's a problem with it. And principals are being put in a position where they have to uh, plead for their jobs and and, and defend themselves. Wrong. Yes. But we shouldn't be surprised by that. We shouldn't be surprised that by that. You know, I mean, it's again, they've controlled our narrative all this time. And they want to keep and, continue and to control it. We're, we're allowing. And we got about two minutes we're left. Allowed. We got about two minutes left. Gary, it's great seeing you again, my brother. And hopefully we can do this again soon. And, and Godspeed to you and, and everyone. We love what you've done. We love what you're doing. And we will continue this dialogue. So is this reparations that I hear? Yes, I it believe is. that it's yeah. a little hard for me to hear, but I th- think I heard a little bit of it. It is. Yep. Okay. Thank you so much. And, and you know... Uh, uh, invite all of your, your viewers and followers uh, for Intentional Talk Radio to uh, Sounds of Blackness. All of our social sites, beginning with um, our, our website. So all of them are just our name. Our Sounds of Blackness Sounds of Black. is our website. Uh, but we're on everything from TikTok to Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. All just go for Sounds of Blackness. Uh, you can go there. We've got great merchandise to purchase we're we're a struggling nonprofit, a 501c3 so donations are welcome and, and they are tied off you know we, we used to be ashamed to say that we, we ain't ashamed no more <laughs> no 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 reason to be no shame in your game no. yeah yeah right all right um, and uh, of course uh, we also would be remiss if we didn't say that we have submitted um time for reparations uh for both uh grammy consideration and for naacp awards and so wow. um we we hope that uh that we can at least get people's attention uh, by garnering a nomination either for the Grammys, you Grammy voters, uh, or for NAAC Image Awards, uh, you uh, NAACP, Image, NAACP members uh, who can vote on that uh, for time for reparations. Great. That's absolutely wonderful. And I hope that it's okay for me to say, Gary, that uh, we're going to collaborate it during the holidays. Yes, we're looking to yes. uh, collaborate our, our original uh, uh, show with your uh, The Night Before Christmas, a musical fantasy with the rapping reindeer and the dancing chitlins. <laughs> <laughs> the right. dancing chitlins. That's right. The rapping reindeer and the dancing yes. That's In fact, that. if, you, if you have uh, one more second on my way out here, I can uh, show you some of those uh, people as they're in the room next to me. Sure. As we yeah, let's goodbye. see that. Okay, so... Yeah. Be a little squirrely for a second, but that, that's okay. We would love to see him as Ken is bringing up reparations. Okay. Can you bring up reparations, Ken? Yeah, bringing it up now. Okay. 
Let's see. There they are. Sound of blackness. Yeah, so you just rock it. Oh, I'm feeling so good. Then you just simply raise my hands and rejoice. Okay. And what's, what are these words? Say, 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 uh, we, we're closing up the interview right now, and that young lady is uh, our choreographer, Carrie Harrington, and she's also one of our featured soloists in Grey Row. We were talking about her during the interview, and these are Sounds of Blackness, and uh, they are also, as you know, in their other life around the holiday lot time, they turn into reindeer and chitlins <laughs> and stock, and so that idea just knocks them out, so we're looking to do something with them, but uh, thank you for your love. Uh, one of the, the few black stations that's not afraid to support us, not that's afraid right. to Yes, 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 and yeah, we love you guys. Touch very soon. Take care and God bless. Thank you. God bless you and thank you so much, Gary. Gary. Sounds of of blackness right here on the Intentional Talk Radio Network. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Have a good evening. You too. Thank you for joining us. All righty. Thanks, Julia. Julia Waters. Julia Waters has also been with us this evening, so it's been a great evening. Thank you for joining us. And tomorrow, we've got the Lamert Park Cultural Film Festival back with us right here on the Intentional Talk Radio Network. So, folks, it's been a great interview. We will be bringing Gary Hines back and the Sounds of Blackness. And they will be joining us for our Christmas special right here on the Intentional Talk Radio Network. And I'm surely hoping that Julia and the rest of the Waters group will be with us also. So have a good evening, everyone. Be safe going home. You know what I like to say. Wear your mask. Let's be here. Let's be good to each other. And we'll talk to you again. Have a good night, everyone. Take care.